If you'd like to attend the next Mad Thing in a Masjid event, inshallah ta'ala, live in a the masjid, then click on the link below. It will take you to a Telegram group that has the details for all the events that we do, inshallah. And you can then find the details for the next Mad Thing in a Masjid, which will be on a Saturday, inshallah. Alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah amma ba'd. Rabbi shrahli sadri wa yassilli amri wa ahlul uqdatan min lisani yafqahu qawli. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Inshallah, if you guys are participating in the lecture, please come in, inshallah ta'ala. I don't mind you guys grabbing chairs, but you have to come in close, and I'm not going to ask you too many times. So I'm requesting everyone who's on the walls to please get off the walls and come forward, inshallah ta'ala. All of you guys come forward, inshallah ta'ala. Come forward, because this is the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It's the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that when you come to a lecture, when you come to a lesson, you don't sit on the walls when there is space in front. Okay, I have no problem you guys getting chairs, feel comfortable inshallah ta'ala, no problem inshallah ta'ala, but you must sit together, you must sit together, barakallahu feekum, barakallahu feekum. When we live our life, we live for one primary reason, we want to be happy, right? Things that you do. When you do whatever you do in your life, you do it so you can be happy, am I lying? When you eat food, it's because not eating food is going to make you sick, which is going to make you unhappy. Right? When you eat food, it's going to make you happy. When you hang out with your friends, it's going to make you happy, right? So obviously, life is a chase for happiness. Whether you're trying to get a girl because you think she's going to make you happy, right? You hang around with a man then because you think they're going to make you happy. You're making money because you think it's going to make you happy. Whether it's haram, the way you're doing it, or whether it's halal, the reason that you do things is so you can be, you can be happy. Is there anything wrong in trying to chase happiness? No. Allah doesn't want us to be upset. Allah wants us to be happy. In fact, in the Quran, Allah in some situations, He commands you to be happy. Allah says, فَلْيَفْرَحُوا Because of that, Allah commands us, be happy. And Allah actually tells us not to be sad. Allah tells us not to be sad. Allah says, don't become weak. And don't become sad. So Allah doesn't want us to be sad. Allah wants us to be, to be happy. But the question is, how is happiness acquired? How do you find happiness? Does that make sense? So I'm going to tell you something about myself, okay? I don't really talk about this stuff too much, but sometimes it's nice to relate to people. I'm 31 years old right now. I know, I know you're shocked. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Say, Allah, I'm back. I look old enough to take your girl. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. I don't want your girl. I don't want your girl. Allah is a joke, it's a joke. But alhamdulillah, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm a good looking 31 year old. You just can't see this side, this is where the grey hairs are. <laughs> I'm a dyed in two, inshallah. So keep your girl here now. I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. Allah, I'm joking, stuff like all The point I'm making is, alhamdulillah, I'm 31 years old. 11 years ago, I wasn't practicing my deen. I went praying. And I was involved in a lot of the stuff that a lot of the brothers might be involved in. For one primary reason, I wanted to be happy. I used to make music. I used to make music. So when I used to make music, I realized very soon that there's not really much money in making music. Rather, the money is in running the artists who make the music. So I set up my own studio. And when I set up my studio, some of the artists, like some of the biggest names right now used to come and record there. In fact, some of the people who have blown up recorded their first mixtapes in my studio. And I'm not saying that to boast. It's actually something I'm very scared of that Eliza is going to question me about it on the day of judgment. Because some of the evil that's existing on the streets today, it started, may Allah forgive me, in my studio, right? 
The reason I did it was because I said to myself, this way to make money. I don't really care too much about music. I don't really care too much about what? About rapping or whatever have you. I just wanted to make money. So I sat up the studio and I was only 19, by the way, and I had my own business and it was popping. And at the time I was putting food in the plate of all of my friends who used to work for me. I used to pay them a wage. And I did it all without taking a load. I hustled, I grinded. And I got to the stage where I had this and I had some of what? I had some of the, some of the biggest upcoming artists recording there. And also, I had then made connections with some pretty cruddy people through that. So across London, I was connected and I had friends. I could go to, I could at that time, there was not a single place I would go to where I had it up. But I had friends that would ride for me. I had favors I could call in. Those days, I guess it was a lot more safer now. Some of you are here, you can't go across the street. <laughs> Red lights will protect us. But those days, you know, it weren't that gassed. So I had friends from all over. So I had money and I had what? I had mandem. And then of course with that comes what? Females, right? The females, obviously, they're always presenting themselves to you. By the way, one thing that Eliza was protecting me from, because I don't want you guys to have a bad, too much of a bad image of me, I never went partying. I never went to a single rave in my life. I never drank alcohol. I never even smoked a cigarette, alhamdulillah. Does that make sense? Eliza was protecting me from the haram stuff that people do with women. But they were always coming and presenting themselves and throwing themselves. Does that make sense? So I had these things. I had money. If I wanted women, I could have had them. I had friends. I was at that age flying my friends to LA. We were going what? To Hollywood. We we're going where? To New York. I'm flying into Dubai. I had so much money that I didn't really know what to do with it anymore. So one of my friends comes to me and he just asks me right up, like, can I get like four bills? I want to buy the new Xbox. So in my mind, I actually felt like this guy's this guy's using me. So instead of sticking it on him, I actually thought, but I actually don't have anything better to do with the money, so I just gave it to him. Does that make sense? All of this was so I could be happy. But it didn't make me happy because I remember one time I walked into the studio and I felt this headache and I felt this pain in my head. And there was a friend of mine that I set up with. He was my partner. And I looked at him and I said, bro, this place just seems evil. And it's just, it's just not making me happy. Let's just shut it down. So a person would think, bruv, you're shutting down your music studio and you're literally like, your thing's blowing. Like our sessions were always packed out. Artists are always in there. We then now started to work on our own artists. And you know, we like, you think this is stupid. Why are you, why are you gonna close down? But I closed it down because really and truly, the reason I was working for it, which is to get some happiness and joy, some pleasure, I weren't receiving it. Because imagine now, the thing that I'm doing to make me happy is actually stress. I'm working, I'm grinding, I'm sorting this, I'm doing that, I'm running here, I'm running there. But I'm stressed if anything. If anything, I'm stressed. And that's one of the things that sins do. The sins make you sad. Sins, doing sins make you sad. You know, sometimes we feel like you don't even do a sin. And sometimes you feel a sadness in your heart. Has that ever happened to someone? Like sometimes you just, you just feel sad. 
And you didn't even do a sin. Has that ever happened to anyone? Sa'id ibn Musayyib said, that happens because you thought of a sin. You didn't do it, but you thought of a sin. And you thought about doing a sin, it left that effect in the heart. So sins make you sad. Sins cause pain in the heart. It's not a nice feeling. It stains the heart. Like, for example, imagine all day you're eating what? You're eating calories, you're eating cholesterol, and your heart, your artery is going to get clogged up, you're going to get a heart attack. Allah said, Kalla bal rana ala yaksibun. But the sins that they do, they make the hearts dirty just like that. They make the hearts dirty until what one day the person's heart dies, becomes hard like a rock. Nothing goes in, nothing goes out. So the point is that I'm feeling sadness. I'm feeling what? I'm feeling sadness. So I said to myself, forget this money, forget this music, forget these people that I'm in touch with, and what? Forget these girls. There was one girl at the time, she wanted to me, I thought to myself, maybe I could marry her as a wife or whatever have you. But I don't know, I just wasn't feeling it, man. I just locked her off, I locked off everything. So when I locked it all off, I said to myself, this is what most people do, right? When they're going through some kind of mental stress, they go and do what? They go in, they go and pray. So these times I'm in uni now. I'm in, I'm in uni. So as I'm walking around uni, I think, you know what, there's a prayer room, right? Let me go to the prayer room. Let me go pray. So as I go in, I go pray. I pray my salah and I'm just chilling there. Don't really know what to do in life. Like, I'm doing my degree at uni. I, to be honest, I studied law. I really couldn't imagine myself wearing one of them white wigs in court. Later on, I found that it's not even permissible to, you know, that, take that as a job role, job profession. I'm not really enjoying this. I don't really like uni. I don't like the people in uni. I just, everything was just stressed out. What, what do I do with my life? So as I'm sitting in the prayer room, one brother, may Allah reward him and bless him, he clocks me. He clocks me and he rolls up to me and he says, what's up, man? You look stressed. So I say to him, bro, uh, it's nothing really, you know, just, I'm just here. He goes, no, chat to me. I know there's something up, like there's something that you seem to be going through. So he keeps asking me, asking me until what? Until he gets it out of me. And I say to him, listen, bro, you know, I just feel like everything in life, like, you know, all this stuff that I'm running after, all these things that I'm trying to succeed in, that like I'm succeeding, but it's not really meaning anything to me. It's not really doing anything to, for me. He goes to me, I'll tell you why, though. He said, you got the game wrong, bruv. The reason why you're feeling like this because you're putting your love in things that are temporary and things that are, that are what? Imperfect. And if you try to place your happiness in things that are temporary, they're never going to laugh, last. They're never going to live the good life. It's impossible. You know why? Because your happiness is based on that thing. And when that thing goes, your happiness goes. He said, for example, if you're happiness in a Lamborghini, one day is that Lamborghini going to get old? Or is it going to crash one day? Or is it going to get robbed? Or is it, is something, is it going to be there forever? One day it's going to get, one day it's going to go. And when it goes, if your happiness was based on it, your happiness is going to go too. He said, your happiness, he said, you were trying to base it on this girl. But this girl has gone now. So your happiness is gone. Because you based your happiness on them. Some people say, but my girl's still here. No problem. But the question I'm going to ask you is this. If your happiness is based on that girl, what if she doesn't make you happy that day? So you're not happy now? That day she starts to be a bit funny with you. So you're not happy today? How sad is that? That your happiness in the control of some female. Or for the girls, your happiness in the control of some boy. Does that make sense? That's problematic. Someone else controls your happiness. In a minute, you're with it. And a second, they can go. And when they go, your happiness is gone. 
So now he's telling me, yo, your happiness, all, all these temporary things, money, women, cars, clothes, this, that, friends, all of this, never going to last. It's all going to go. It's all what? It's all going to go. So he goes to me, you're going to be depressed and sad for the rest of your life. When he said that to me, oh, I felt so sad. I felt so depressed. I was like, bro, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to become like one of these, you know, suicidal people or people who start what? When they realize there's nothing going on in their life, they start smoking drugs, drinking alcohol, because they're trying to hide the pain that they're going through. I don't want to be one of them kind of guys. He said, you need to tell me something, man. There must be somewhere I can find happiness. And he goes to me, there is one way and only one way to be happy forever. I said, what's that? He said, place your love in the one who remains. Your happiness will always remain. The only one who remains is Allah. At night, even if you're married, your wife's going to go to sleep. You might be going through something. She's not going to wake up to help you. You try to wake her up, she's going to tell you, I'm sleeping. The only one that's always ready to hear what you have to say is Allah. In fact, Allah gave you permission to reach out to him any time of the day you want. Imagine that. Can you roll up to a king of a country and chat to him when you want? You have to make appointments and you might even see him once in your life. You might live and die and never see him. But Allah, the king of kings, Allah, the King of Kings, the owner of the heavens and the earth, every day, every moment he's involved in something, answering prayers, lifting people, putting others down, giving people life, taking their life, curing people, giving them sickness, giving them risk, taking their risk. Every day he's involved, every moment he's doing something. He gave you permission. Ya Allah, I want to speak to you. And he's listening. And not just listening, he's responding. Look at this. Allah said, وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِي عَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ Allah said, if my slaves ask about me, then I am close. The companions and the people were asking about Allah. So Allah could have said many things about himself. He could have said, إِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِي عَنِّي فَإِنِّي عَظِيمٌ If my slaves ask about me, then I am mighty. He could have said, If my slaves ask about me, then I am merciful. If my slaves ask about me, then I am knowledgeable. I am able. And he could have said all of those things to describe himself. But why did he say, if you want to know about Allah, know that he's close. Why did he say that? Why did he say that? He could have told you so many things about himself. He wants you to reach out to him. He wants you to reach out to him. So he lets you listen to him close. He's not physically close. He's not literally close because he's above his throne. Allah told us, He's above his throne. But he's close in that he hears you and sees you. And everything that what you're doing, he's aware of it. If you call out to him right now, he's close. Allah said, Allah says, certainly, I created a human. And I'm closer to the human than his own jagged vein. I'm closer to you than this. Because of his knowledge. 
Does that make sense? So you can reach out to him and in, a, in, in an instant Allah is ready to respond. So I find that shocking that Allah could have told you so much things about him but he wants you to know I'm close. Then he said, Ujib, and I respond. Ujib. Ujib da'an. I respond to the dua of the one who makes dua. When he makes dua. Ujib da'an. I respond to the dua of the one who makes dua. When he makes dua. You know what I find strange? Is that what comes first, the dua or the response? First you make dua, then you get responded, right? So Allah didn't say make dua and I'll respond. Rather Allah said, I respond. If you make dua. As in, he mentioned the response first. Like, guys, he's going to respond. Allah's going to answer you, man. Whatever you ask him, he's going to answer you. Don't even worry about that. You just have to make dua. Because a lot of times we're told, make dua, make dua. Is the response coming? So the first thing Allah tells you is, ujib, I respond. Respond to what? Ad-da'i. I respond to the dua of the, of the one who's making dua. When they make dua. So he's going to respond. Just respond. Did Allah mention you have to be righteous for him to respond to your dua? Did Allah say, I respond to the dua of the righteous? No, anyone who makes dua, I respond. So if you just sit up right now, after having done the maddest sins, and you say, Allah forgive me, Allah I'm asking you, Allah help me. Do you qualify as a da'i? Do you qualify as one who's making du'a? Is it a du'a you've made? Allah responded. Allah responded to the du'a of Iblis. He said, Allah let me live to the day of judgment. Allah said, You've got it. It's true. The sins make it hard for your du'a to be accepted. So make tawbah first. The first du'a is, Allah forgive me for my sins. Mean it sincerely. And then ask for what you want. Clean slate like that. It's true, if you're sinning, making du'a makes it harder, yes, for it to be accepted. So the thing is that when you start, Allah, forgive me, and mean it, and then ask for what you want. He responds. You know what I find so amazing here, my brothers? You know in the Qur'an, whenever the people ask the question, how did Allah usually answer it? Through the Prophet. If they ask a question, Allah says, قُلْ سَيْتَ Muhammad. They wanted to ask about the female menses. Allah said, يَسْأَلُونَكَ they ask you about the female menstrual cycle. Allah said, Say to Muhammad. And Muhammad explains it. They ask about what the lineage of Allah is. Because, you know, they're gods. They had, they had, you know, dads and fathers at the time. So they wanted to know, is Allah like that? Of course, Allah has no father. Allah has no son. So Allah said, Say to Muhammad. Who Allah ahad. There's no one other than him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when Allah responds to the question of the people, he does it for who? The Prophet Hey, was a question asked about Allah about the, in the verse of dua? Yes. But Allah didn't say, Qul. Allah didn't say, Say Muhammad, I am close. Allah even took the Prophet out of the equation. You know why? To show you that even when it comes to dua, you can go directly to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Do you understand how powerful that is? Allah took the Prophet out of the equation in the response, and Allah responded directly to you. To show you, if you call me, it's direct. You don't need to go through some man. You don't need to go through no idol. You don't need to go through anyone, no grave or no dead man or no wedding or no saint or no prophet. You go to me directly and I answer you directly. So why are you not calling out? Then Allah said, I will like this emotional brothers. Listen to this. Allah said, I responded to your dua, right? 
And Allah said, فَلِيَسْتَجِيبُونِ So they respond to me. وَلْيُؤْمِنُوا بِي and believe in me. لَعَلَّهُمْ يَرْشُدُونَ So you can be guided. Wallahi, we violate, man. Allah said, I respond to your dua and I do it. Don't worry. But are you going to respond to me when I tell you to pray? Are you going to respond to me when I tell you to lower your gaze? Are you going to respond to me when I tell you to worship me alone and no one else? Are you going to respond to me when I tell you to be good to your parents? Are you going to respond to me by doing hajj? Are you going to respond by paying zakat? Are you going to respond to me by not taking drugs? Are you going to respond to me by not drinking alcohol? Are you going to respond to me? Are you going to believe in me? Because I'm doing it for you, but are you going to respond, do what I need you to do for me? You know what's shocking? Again, is the same way Allah mentioned the response before the dua. And the dua comes before the response, right? Here Allah mentioned him responding before you responding. Who is, who, who is the first that should respond? Me or should Allah respond first? Should the humans respond to Allah first? Or should Allah respond to the call of the humans first? Allah is the king. He doesn't need to respond to no one's call. We should respond first. But Allah first tells you, I respond to you. I'm, I'm here. But are you here for me? Not that Allah needs you. No, he doesn't need you. It's for you. Because he will give you more. Otherwise, you will go to hell. You will burn in the hellfire. If you don't listen, it's for your own good. So then why you don't call out to Allah? So when the brother gave me this advice, he told me, listen, have a relationship with Allah. Pray to Allah. Make dua to Allah. Leave off your bad friends. Leave off all of these things. You're going to receive happiness. And wallah, from that moment, my brothers, wallah, I really did. I really did. I could sit here in front of all of you and tell you, wallah, I'm a happy guy, wallah. And in the last few years, I've lived a tough life. I've lived a tough life. There's certain things I can't even tell you. There's certain things that I can't even tell you. Right? I've, in the last few years, I've had people wanting to kill me. <laughs> in the last 10 years, I've had people wanting to kill me. I've had so much problems, financial problems, so many things. I've had people insult me, mock me. All you have to do is go to Twitter, write my name, and you're going to see people talking the madness about me. It hurts, brother. I'm a human at the end of the day, right? The fact, the fact of the matter is, though, well, I'm happy. I'm happy, or lie. It doesn't, it doesn't affect me. And it's true, I am. Yeah, there's days that are good, there's days that are bad, there's days where I'm stressed, days where I'm like angry, but I'm happy. And there's people that are happier than me because they're closer to Allah than me. So the closer you get to Allah, the more you are happy. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Whatever is with you is gonna, is gonna, is gonna disappear. Your girl is gonna go. And if you're married, her beauty is gonna wear out. Okay? Her body is gonna sag. Your children are gonna grow up and leave one day if your love is based on them. Your money, when you earn it, you're gonna spend it. Whatever is with you, it will go. But whatever is with Allah Azza wa Jalla will always remain. Everything will be destroyed. But only Allah will remain. So why don't you connect yourself to the one who remains? So that you can what? You can forever be happy. So you can what? Forever, ever, ever be happy. You see, this life is a bit of a joke. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَمَا هَذِهِ الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا إِلَّا لَهُ وَلَعِبٌ Allah said, what is this world that you live in? Except it's what? It's just nonsense speech and playing around. And I'll be honest with you, what is your life mostly? <laughs> what is your life? What are, you, what are you doing most of the time? Are you not just talking nonsense and just playing around? 
Don't put your hands up. But who here plays on the PlayStation? Who plays on the PlayStation for a significant amount of time? You don't have to put your hand up. But I'm just saying, like, who spends a lot of time, ask yourself, playing? Whether it be on the PlayStation. Whether it be what? Sports that you play with, with your friends. And then you just be playing around with people, just joking around. That's a lot of your life, all right? And then the other half is just talking. You're just on WhatsApp. What are your conversations? Is it beneficial? Are you learning? Are you just talking nonsense in your WhatsApp group? Sending gifts, sending memes, laughing, mocking people. That, like your life is literally, you just talking nonsense and playing around. What is this life that you live except that you're just talking nonsense and you're playing? You're just, it's like your life is just a joke. Like imagine you turned away and you disobeyed Allah but at least you earned something. You're still going to get punished for it on the day of judgment. And it's not going to mean nothing. But at least you earned something. But your life, literally, you're missing prayers for what? For jokes. You're missing what? Lectures and reminders in a masjid. See, what you could just share some memes. Allah said, وَإِنَّ Allah said, but the life of the next world, that's the real That's the real life, man. That's what? The real life. Because Allah said on the day of judgment, وَجِئَ يَوْمَ إِذِنْ بِجَهَنَّمْ When the hellfire is brought in front of the people. يَوْمَ إِذِنْ يَتَدْهُ وَجِئَ يَوْمَ إِذِنْ بِجَهَنَّمْ When the hellfire is brought in front of the people. The human being will start to remember. يَتَذَكَّرْ He'll remember the sins that he did, the wrong that he did, the girls that he slept with, the porn that he watched, the swear words that he did, the music he listened to, the people that he oppressed and he violated and he harmed and he robbed and he stole. He'll remember all of these things. يَتَذَكَّرْ وَأَنَّا لَحُ الذِّكْرَى But what is this going to benefit you now? It's too late, the hellfire's in front of you. He'll say, يَقُولُ He'll say, يَا لَيْتَنِي Destruction to me. قَدَّمْتُ لِحَيَاتِي I wish I invested in my life. I wish I invested and did something for my life. Because you realize this is the life now. It's real life. But now he's going to go hell. But the next life, what? Paradise. He missed out. Allah said, But the next life, that's the real life. If only you knew. You knew what? You knew what's inside paradise. The yards that are there. Made out of gold and silver. Your pavilions, your wives are in there. Got rivers made out of honey. You might tell your wife, jump in the river of honey. <laughs> you might, I'm just saying, I don't know what you're into. People are into different things nowadays. <laughs> and then you'll imagine, you can't listen to music here, but they sing it for you. And you just dare vibes in your girls and just sing it for you. And there's what? There's wine. I don't get you drunk. You're drinking it and you're enjoying it so much. And the girls obviously having a good time as well. They're living it up. They're doing their thing. You get to hang out with the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. You get to hang out with the angels. You might tell Jibreel, Jibreel, let me take a ride on your back. Jibreel flows you around. You might go to visit Lut, Prophet Lut. He said, Prophet Lut, tell me, what were these, what were these, you know, these gay guys, what were they really on? Like, what was it like? <laughs> I, mean, I want to chat to him and say, yo, Prophet Lut, like, what was it like? What were they on? Like, I must have been stressed that like, you, you came into contact with the First, like, you know, them and them, first. Then I tell him, but after you left, then they evolved, they started changing. Like, man, become woman, woman, become man. I'm going to give my update, LGBT. I said, first in your day was G, right? No, my LGBTQ, XYZ. I'm going to tell him the whole thing. Q, 
kicking it with the prophets. I might see what? I might see some of the companions. Abu Bakr, Ali, Umar, Uthman, see some of the scholars, Ibn Taymiyyah. What was it like when we went about with the Mongols? I might even play the Battle of Badr on the screen. I, I, one of the things I want to do in general is I want to play the battles that were taking place at the time of the Prophet Ali I'll take questions at the end, yeah? Inshallah. Uh, 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 the Prophet Ali the battle, Badr, which was the greatest battle, battle. And you know Abu Jahl? Abu Jahl was the, uh, the, the leader of the army of the Quraysh. He was one of the biggest enemies of the Prophet Ali There were two boys that basically, they wet him up and then he fell. And then Ibn Mas'ud came and he finished him off. So one thing I really want to do is like play the battle on a screen and then pause it, jump into the battle while it's paused, quickly finish up Abu Jahl, jump out, and then I just want to see Ibn Mas'ud, like what happened? Who came? Who murked this guy? I was about to murk him. I really want to do that. I just, I just want to just jump in, pause and then just look and everyone be like, oh, who murked this? Who murked Abu Jahl? Raise me. And then look at how history might have planned out if I was to do that. I'm just saying like in general, it's endless possibilities. Like, as in, of course, what I'm saying is just me thinking, dreaming. Allah Azza wa Jalla, the Prophet already told us that what's in paradise is what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no heart has wished. So even this, me, what I'm wishing, like, Jannah's better than all of that. But yeah, your man's just dreaming. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, amanu. Those who believe, give them the glad tidings of what? Jannatin tajri min tahtihan anhar. Gardens in paradise, underneath which rivers flow. Bro, that sounds like gardens and the river flows beneath them. That must look so peng like there's a garden and there's a river under it. Like, I want to know what's happening there. Like, that's, I can't even imagine that, what, what that would look like. Does that make sense? Allah told you there's fruits. Fruits You're given a fruit, and every time you see the fruit, you're like, wait, I just ate this. And the angel tell you, no, 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 it's not. Eat it again. Every time you eat, you're like, raw, you're right, this is different. What's this? It's a new thing. Every time it's a new, it's something new. It might look the same, it has the same color, but it tastes better. It's different every time. Then Allah said, وَأَزْوَاجُونَ And you get wise. مُطَاهَرَةٌ They're pure. What does it mean? Pure in terms of what? They're not on their menses. So then you don't have to wait for what? You don't have to wait for, you know, you know when you're married to a woman, she has the menstrual cycle, so there's a whole week, you can't do nothing. And the week before, she's on her post-menstrual stress, where she's stressed, her home was all the place. So really, that's stress. And then the week after the menses, also she's just settling down. So it's not one week you get with her. That's why Sheikh Al-Bani said you should get four wives. Because really, truly, you're... Catching your wife for just one week in a month. Does that make sense? But she's actually happy. The other times the hormones are all over the place. I'm not encouraging you to get four wives. I'm also not discouraging you. If you're a real man, I support it. But if you're not a real man, then you're going to mash up your life. But we're going off topic. Here, your wives, they don't come onto their menses. Not just that, their character is pure. They don't insult you. And by the way, the husbands as well. The husbands are pure, they're happy, they're healthy, they take care of their girls, they show them love, they're doing all of that. Does that make sense? Mutaharatun. And look what Allah said. وَهُمْ فِيهَا خَالِدُونَ They're going to be there for eternity. Yo, that point is so powerful. You know why? Because what, we, what we've been talking about earlier, happiness in this life doesn't last. Have you ever been going for a really nice moment in life and you're like, this is, this is going to end soon? Priya, I don't know if you ever felt like that. We're like, right, oh, this is so good, but I know something's coming around the corner. Something, something's probably going to happen around the corner. You just feel like, this is not going to be here forever. You just know it. The moment you're enjoying yourself, a test or a trial is probably around the corner. But here Allah saying, after he told you, listen, you're going to have houses and rivers and fruits and women and this and that and wives. Allah said, وَهُمْ فِيهَا خَالِدُونَ And by the way, that's going to be forever. 
No one's going to take that happiness away from you. No one's going to take that. No one's going to take that joy away from you. You know why? This is your reward for the good that you used to do. This is your reward for what? The good that you used to do. Even in this life, by the way, there's a paradise in this life. You know that, right? There's a paradise in this world. And Ibn Taymiyyah said, anyone who doesn't enter the paradise in this life is not going to enter the paradise in the next. He said, that's the paradise of the heart. Because if your heart is connected to Allah, Whoever disbelieves in false gods, believes in Allah, he's connected himself to Allah. Connection so strong, it can never break. So if your heart is strong, connected to Allah, it can never break. Can anything break your heart? Can a girl break your heart? Pay attention. If I took a vase and I put it on the edge of the table, this vase, when it breaks, what's going to happen? When it falls, what will happen to it? It's going to break. Do I blame? Do I blame the table? Do I blame the table for the vase breaking? Or do I blame myself for putting the vase, something fragile, something delicate at the edge? Who's at who's fault? Me, I'm at fault. The same way if a girl breaks your heart, it's your fault. Because your heart is fragile. How do you give it to a human? Allah said, the human being by his nature is oppressive, man, and ignorant. So this woman's oppressive. A woman, her heart's broken. Because she gave her heart to a man. That man's oppressive, bro. Of course he wasn't going to take care of your heart. The heart's too heavy and it's too fragile. And he dropped it and it smashed. And now your heart broken. You're the one who's at fault. It's like me placing the vase at the end of the table. It's something fragile. I'm the idiot. Because I'm placing it somewhere where it's unsafe. So give your heart to Allah. Don't give it to no human. Some of you put your heart, what? It's money, my job, my work. Demand them. They're all going to let you down one day. Your heart's too fragile. If it, if it falls, it breaks. Don't let your heart fall. How do you not let it fall? Connect it to Allah. It's connected to Allah. Now it's not going to break. Nothing can shake your heart. You're living. That's what Ibn Taymiyyah said. What can my enemies do to me? They want to kill me? Kill me. You send me to Allah. And put me in jail? Put me in jail. Because I'm going to do dhikr and remember, worship Allah. Or you want to kick me out of the land? Don't worry. I'll explore the creation of Allah and remember Allah. What can my enemies do to me? To the point where what? To the point where when he was in prison in Egypt, some of the people of knowledge, they came to visit him. And they said to him, Fasbid ya Shaykh al-Islam. They said, Fasbid, be patient, oh Shaykh al-Islam. Be patient. They're going through something hard. He looked at him confused. He said, be patient. It's not time to be patient. He said, This is the time to be grateful. They're baffed, be grateful. He's, he's chilling in prison. He said, What do you mean? I've got the Quran. I'm, I'm reading Salah. I'm focused. Just me and Allah. I'm relaxing. Because Allah is the one who said, Salihan. Whoever does righteous actions, and he could be a man or a woman. It's for both of them. Man amila salih, man dakin aw unta, wa huwa mu'min and he's a believer, fala nuhiyannaw hayatam tayyiba. Allah said, certainly, 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 we're going to make them live a good life. Abba was just doing good deeds and he's just happy. If I, why are you smiling? He'd be buzzing. He, he smells like, no, 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 I just prayed. Wallahi, I met a brother on the train. He stopped me. Now, I met him in the masjid, but then he followed me to the train. <laughs> he followed me to the train. And as I'm sitting with him, it was a Victoria line, I'll never forget it. He was sitting opposite me, he started telling me stories. He said, basically, my, my girl, she broke my heart. He told me, bro, I used to sniff cocaine. You know, I was out, had some cafe girl, I loved her. She left me, bro. 
because I was gone. I was gone, suicidal, wanted to kill myself. Bro, my life is gone. And I, bro, literally, I believed it. Because even as he was sitting in front of me, he slightly still looked like a nitty. So I was like, are you sure you're okay? <laughs> like he was what? He was, he was gone. Like he was literally, the way he painted his picture, I wanted to cry with him right there. And then he told me, but then I found a solution. He said, I went and I prayed Fajr in the masjid. I said, someone told me, go pray Fajr in the masjid and watch what happens. He goes, I did. And I didn't get better after the first day or the second. But I carried on going because I had tried everything. He said, I, I took alcohol, I took cocaine, I took everything to get over her. I couldn't get over her, man. So, I, okay, I might as well go pray. Because I didn't feel anything after the first time. All the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth time, I didn't feel, but I kept going. He said, the 14th time I went to the mission, I remember on the 14th day, I was like, what? I'm over this. Who is this? I'm done. I'm done. And his heart was cured. After 14 days. For you, it might be six, seven. It might be 16, 17. It might be 50. The point is, that is the solution. To keep going to the masjid. To keep praying. To come to the circles of knowledge. Where you're remembering Allah Azza wa Jal. Where you're what? Remembering Allah. You're remembering Him. You're remembering the Him, uh, uh, subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet sallallahu Your iman is increasing. This is where happiness is. This is what way? Where joy is. And I know it's strange. You'd be like, bruv, like, put your hand up if you feel happy right now. Just put your hand up. If, if, you, if, you, if you feel relaxed, you feel calm, peaceful, put your hand up. If you genuinely do. If you feel relaxed and peaceful, put your hand up. Okay, barakallah. Shall I tell you why? Because the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, وَمَجْتَمَعَ قَوْمٌ فِي بَيْتٍ مِّن بُيُوتِ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلْ يَتْلُونَ كِتَابَ اللَّهِ وَيَتَدَارَسُونَهُ بَيْنَهُمْ إِلَّا نَزَلَتْ عَلَيْهِمُ السَّكِينَةِ When you come to the masjid and you learn the Qur'an or you read the Qur'an, Allah sends peace on you. We literally are right now receiving Allah's peace and tranquility. That literally right now Allah is sending tranquility onto us. And some of you who may not be feeling it, it may be because you're not paying attention. That's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَذِكْرَ In this is a reminder. For who? لِمَنْ كَانَ لَهُ قَلْبٌ أَوْ أَلْقَ السَّمْعَ وَهُوَ شَهِيدٌ The only one who's going to benefit from the class, the reminder, is the one who's really paying attention with his ears and his heart is focused. He's not looking at his phone. He's not, trying to, he's not watching the, the message that just came through. He's not looking around at people. No, no, he's focused on the lesson and he's paying attention with his ears. Some of you are not paying attention. Like I see you're all distracted. If you're paying attention, it's going to benefit, it's going to touch the heart, it's going to penetrate the heart. Does that make sense? So then coming back to Ibn Taymiyyah, he's reading Quran, he's happy. He's happy because he's in paradise in this life. And that's how you get to paradise in the next. Allah said, Allah bi dhikrillahi tatma'innul al-qulub. That certainly in the remembrance of Allah, the hearts they find peace. Another verse, Allah said, وَمَنَا عَرَضَ عَنْ فَإِنَّ لَهُ مَعِيشَةً but whoever doesn't remember Allah, he turns away from remembering Allah, he's going to have a depressed life. He's going to have a life that's depressed, not going to live the good life. Understand? He's not going to live a good life. You need Allah, brothers and sisters, to live good. You know, the Prophet taught one of his companions the dua of heartbreak. The dua when you're distressed, when you're going through problems in life. The dua when you're sad. You know what the Prophet said the dua is? To say, Ya Rabbi, Ya Rabbi. Sorry, Rabbi, Rabbi, Allah, la ushriku bihi shay'a. Rabbi, Rabbi, Allah, la ushriku bihi shay'a. To say, my Lord, my Lord, Allah, 
I will never make someone equal to you in worship. You think, what? What does that have to do with being sad and heartbroken? You know why? Afan is Allah, Allah, Rabbi, la ushiku bihi That's what it is, right? Can anyone correct me? It's Allah, Allah, Rabbi, la ushiku bihi shayah, right? Anyone remember the dua? It's Allah, Allah, Rabbi, la ushiku bihi shayah. Now, if I'm not mistaken, that's what it is. It's what? You say Allah. Who's Allah? The one you worship. Worship, i.e., and what's, and by the way, what's the highest level of worship? Does anyone know? Afwan. What is worship? Worship is love. It's more than love, but love has levels. Right? When you love someone, you know love is humiliation. Do you know this? Love is a type of humiliation. Because when you love someone, you follow them, you want to make them happy, you will go out of your way for them. Right? And it's okay if it's mom, dad, wife, kids, when there's a level. But the highest level of love is worship. You love someone so much, you just put your head on the ground and say, I worship you. You're a God. I worship you. So Allah is the one that you, the highest level of love. He created you to worship him, by the way. So the Prophet says, say Allah. You're going for a problem, say Allah. Why? To remind yourself, you were created to worship him. The reason you're going through pain is because you're doing something other than worshiping him. You're worshiping yourself, maybe. Allah said, man ilahahu hawa. Have you seen the one who worshiped himself? He worships himself. The Prophet said, destruction to be the one who worships the, the coins, the gold and the silver coins. So you, you can worship things other than Allah. So, so maybe you're worshiping this girl. Allah said, Have you seen people? They take others as equal to Allah when it comes to love. But the ones who believe in Allah, they love Allah the best. They're the strongest when it comes to loving Allah. So maybe you're feeling this pain. Because what? You're loving someone more than Allah. You're making someone equal to Allah. You're worshiping someone besides Allah. So the Prophet says, say Allah, say his name. You're going for a problem. You're going for stress. Say Allah. Okay, but why did he tell you to say it the second time? Because maybe the first time it didn't hit you. So repeat it. Allah, say it again. Because maybe it didn't get to you the first time. Maybe you were distracted when you said it. Maybe you weren't paying attention. Maybe you thought, say it the first time. Allah, Allah. Then say, Rabbi. Rabbi means my Lord. What does Lord mean? Lord means in Arabic, the one who owns you, controls you, provides you, and takes care of you. Does Allah provide for you? Does he take care of you? Does he own you? Yes. So, Allah, Allah, the one I worship, the one I love, more than anyone else. Why do I worship him more than anyone else? Why do I love him more than anyone else? Rabbi, because he's my Lord. Because he did for me what no one else did. He did for me what no one else did. Allah did for you more than what your mom did for you. Your mom gave you breast milk. And she didn't sleep at night so she could feed you for two years. And cleaned your nappy and carried you in her womb for nine months. And went through childbirth for you to come to this world. Is that a lot? Of course it is. You can never repay her back. Allah did more. He brought you into the world in the first place. <coughs> And after, Allah gave you that moment in the first place that you have. Is there any reward for good other than good? If someone does good to you, should you repay them with anything other than good? So no one did more good for you than Allah Azza wa He's the Rabb. So reason why Allah, Allah, I worship Allah, and He's the one I worship, and He's the one I love, is why? Rabbi, because He's my Lord. And then you remind yourself, okay, I've got it. That's the solution to the problem. Now, لا أشرك به Now don't go and love anyone else the way you loved him. Don't worship anyone else the way you worship him. Don't ponder and spend time with anyone else the way you're supposed to spend time and ponder with him. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Jalla jalaluhu. Does that make sense? Now no one else comes close. So Ibn Taymiyyah said, what? You're not going to enter paradise in this life until you, in the next life until you enter paradise in this life. There's a story that really touched me. 
there was two men from the time of the Salaf. One of them's name was Ibrahim ibn Adham, and the other one was called Abu Yusuf. Ibrahim ibn Adham and Abu Yusuf were two people that were scholars, and they worshipped Allah a lot. They spent a lot of time where they were known for the excessive or really high amount of worship of Allah Azzawajal. And they didn't love the dunya. They didn't run after the dunya. They won't be eating and you won't catch them in nice fancy restaurants or wearing designer clothes. No, you'd find them praying to Allah Azzawajal. One day, they were walking by the seaside. I want you to really pay attention to this story. They were walking by the seaside because they were hungry. They had some bread with them. Why were they at the seaside? Because you know bread, when it gets very old, what happens to it? It becomes, it becomes hard. So, how do you soften it? How do you soften it? Imagine they took the bread and dipped it into the seawater. Soggy bread and it's mad salty. And they're eating it. And as they're eating it, Ibrahim ibn Adham, this doesn't look like a nice scene, right? When you look at these people, you might even cry and give them some charity money. Like, are you okay? Like, like bro, like, can I buy you a drink? Like, can I get you some chicken and chips? You might think that. So as they're doing this, they looked at each other and Ibrahim said, Wallahi, if the kings and the princes knew about the happiness that we feel, they will run into their palaces, pick up their swords and they will try to fight us for it. They will kill us to try to take the happiness from us. They were happy. Because the happiness didn't come from bread or people. Imagine, like, imagine how stressed life is that your life is based on something else other than what's inside your heart. But what's inside your heart, you're always chilling wherever you go. Your people in Beverly Hills, in Mayfair in London, they've got everything around them, but they're sad and depressed. His wife's cheating on him, his kids are spitting on his face, he's got his diabetic, he can't eat, he's stressed. And your kids work back home, Somalia, Pakistan, Bangladesh, poor. They might even have their ribs sticking out of their skin because of how hungry they are, but they're smiling. They have a better quality of life. Does that make sense? They have more Iman. They have more Iman, does that make sense? But now you might ask me, and you might say to me, but brother, I, I can't lie to you, man. I see people doing sins, and they seem like they're having a good time. They're living a good life. As in, you're telling me, me, I'm struggling, I'm going through calamities in life, you're telling me come to the masjid, but I see people out there selling drugs, making money, living it up, he's got the girls, he's got everything. And he looks like he's having fun, he's putting it on Snapchat, he's putting it on Instagram. I see these, you're telling me all these rappers and all these people that are living, some of them are doing podcasts and they tell you my life has changed, I'm so happy, look at me, I love my life. You're telling me they're all lying? And I'm going to say to you, yeah, they are lying. But if they're not, I've got some verses to tell you instead. Even if they are telling the truth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, فَلَمَّا نَسُوا مَا ذُكِّرُوا بِهِ فَتَحْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ أَبْوَابَ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, when the people didn't listen to Allah, the warnings and the reminders Allah gave, when they didn't listen to those reminders that Allah azza wa jal gave, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, we let them live. And we opened the doors for them for whatever they wanted. The door of women? You want really? You didn't listen to me because of that woman? I'll give you all the girls. You didn't listen to me because of the drugs? I'll give you all the drugs. You didn't listen to me for that money? You're gonna grow in your business, in your company, you're gonna grow, you're gonna grow. You didn't listen to me for whatever reason. Allah said, Fatahana alayhim. We're gonna open for them the doors. Fatahana alayhim abwaba kulli shay. The doors of everything. Billionaire, trillionaire maybe. Jeff Bezos or Bozos or whatever his name is. 
Who's the brand that owns the electric car that all the people are crazy about? Elon Musk. Yeah, people like Elon Musk. Look at this guy, you know, richest man in the world, etc. so on and so forth. Bro, you're not understanding what's going on here. He turned away from the reminder, so Allah opened it for him. Another verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, those who reject my, 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 my verses and my signs, I'm gonna slowly, slowly lead them to destruction. How? I'm going to let them live. I'm going to let them remain. Success. Live, live, live. But I'm going to come and attempt them from a place that they didn't imagine. Allah said, Until they're living it up and they're happy. With regards to what they've got. The girls, the cars, everything, the yards. Allah said, Suddenly we grab them. Suddenly we grab them fa'idahum mubrisun. And when Allah Azza wa Jal grabs my brothers, wallahi, Allah said, wa kadalika akhdu rabbik. And like that is it, it is when Allah grabs. Iba akhad al-qura wa hiya dhalima. When Allah grabs the people that are evil and oppressive and sinners. Allah said, inna akhdahu alimun shadeed. That when Allah grabs and he destroys, it's tormenting and it's painful. To the point where Allah said, faqutya. Allah's gonna cut. Allah's gonna cut every single last one of them from the roots, lift them up and destroy them. Why? Because they were oppressive, because they were evil. Then Allah said, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. And all praise and thanks due to Allah. Why? Because Allah destroyed them. So we praise Allah for destroying the evil people. You know why? Because in destroying the evil people, is success for the righteous. In destroying evil, it's victory to the truth. And the evil, we want to get rid of them. If a guy's not listening, and he's not fixing up, and he's just gang-banging on the road, we don't want him to die. But Allah may just take him to relieve the people of distress. Put him in jail, maybe he gets bodied. Or maybe what Allah sends them diseases and sicknesses, like coronavirus, and just starts finishing them off one by one, one by one. They're dying, hundreds of thousands dying, daily, weekly. They don't realize until Allah is going to wipe them all. Perhaps that time is very close. We ask Allah to protect us and safeguard us from that. So don't be fooled when you see the people disobeying Allah, living in success. These people, Allah said, I'm letting them live. My plan is very strong, Allah said. My plan for these people is strong. Don't worry, they're going to get it. They didn't listen after all that I gave to them. And I reached out to them. I told them, call me, I respond. I told them, I respond before you call. And then respond to me. I created them. I guess. They didn't listen. Okay, no problem. You're going to get it. Just wait. When your time comes, even a second won't be early or late. Allah's got an appointed time to destroy the people. An appointed time. 
يسألونك عن الساعة أي أيام مرساها. They ask when is the day of judgment? When is the hour? Allah said, "Kull." Allah said, "Say to them, 'إنما علمها عند ربي.' The knowledge of the hour is with my Lord. لا يجلها لوقتها إلا هو. No one knows the time except for Him. ثقلت في السماوات والأرض لا تأتيهم إلا بغتة. It's gonna come, and it's gonna come suddenly. It's gonna come suddenly. قل إنما علمها عند الله. So say only Allah knows when it's gonna happen. ولكن أكثر الناس لا يعلمون. The problem is that the majority of people they just don't know. They don't understand. The majority are going to hear it through one ear and out the other. And they're going to be people who are going to say, when they're being brought to the hellfire, they're going to say, Qalu. Allah said, they're going to say, Qalu. Lo kunna nasma'u. If only we listen. Wa na'qilu. And we thought about it. Ma kunna fi ashab al-sa'id. Then we wouldn't be burning in the fire right now. If only we listened and we actually internalized and thought about what was being said. So it's up to you. You made the decision and the choice. You can live in ecstasy in this life and even greater ecstasy in the next. Or you can live in pain and suffering in this life because it's not going to make you happy, which is going to lead to even more pain and suffering in the, in the next. Subhanakallah, bihamdik, ashadu wa ilaha illa ant, If you'd like to get more information about when the next event is going to be, the location, time, place, date, click the link below and join the Telegram group that will take you to a group where we have all the information about all of our live events wanted to give those of you who are not able to make it an opportunity to participate in the khair. And that is that inshallah if you would like to contribute towards the expenses of these events, we don't charge anyone to attend, but we do have a lot of expenses, food, whatnot, the giveaways that attract the people to come in and whatever have you. As you can see, it brings in the youth, the youngsters, the ones who you know, we really need to reach out to them and get them in the masjid. Who knows, someone may come to the masjid, completely change their life. And of course, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the primary reason for that. But then Allah might have made you a means for that person or those people to change. So donate as generously as you can at the link below. And inshallah ta'ala, please come and attend. So hopefully we see you there inshallah ta'ala. Assalamu alaikum, peace.